Lord, there's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. Oh, Lord, there's freedom, though you've captured me. Oh, and Lord, I've got joy instead of mourning. Simply put, Lord, you give me joy deep down in my soul. Oh, deep down in my soul. I want you to listen to this first one and then join in. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom, though you captured me. Say, I've got joy instead of mourning. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Join in with me. There's beauty. There's beauty in my brokenness. Oh, I've got true love. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you captured me. joy instead of mourning. Oh, sing it again. There's beauty. There's beauty in my brokenness. Say, I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you've captured me. And I've got joy instead of mourning. Oh, you give me joy. part says I've never been so free caught in your love for me I've never been more secure knowing your heart Lord I've never been so free caught in your love for me I've never been more secure knowing your heart Lord sing it with me I've never been so free Oh, yeah, you give me joy 
I want you to say smile. Oh, smile. Oh, Lord, we want your praise. I want to make you smile. Oh, because we yeah. praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Oh, we just smile. Smile. I want to make you smile. Oh, everybody, I want y'all to join in all across the world. Just smile. Smile, smile. 
wanna make you smile. I wanna make you smile. I wanna make you smile. I wanna make you smile. Oh, oh, oh. better is one day in your court. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your court than thousands elsewhere. With me, better is one. Better is one day in your court. Hey. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your court than thousands elsewhere. One more time. few minutes from the subject getting well it's wrapped around that question do you want to get well our nation is sick our community is sick our government is sick our economy is sick our psychosocial condition is at a critical state. Our values are sick. And with all of this sickness, the question that Jesus asks in this text is as relevant to us as it was to this paralytic. Do you want to get well? Given 
the circumstances of the text. And given our current status in America today, it might seem that the question Jesus poses is unnecessary. Surely this man wanted to get well. He'd been sick for 38 years. He'd been laying by the pool hoping for an opportunity to get well for 38 years. How could Jesus even ask this question? And surely one would think that America wants to get well. But Jesus was saying something to this man that's instructive for all of us. And that's this, getting well begins with wanting to get well. Getting well involves adopting an attitude that is conducive toward improvement. Those who do better in life are those who want to get well. And by the same token, those who become complacent, those who become satisfied too quickly, those who give up too fast, fall into ruts from which they may never escape. They're sick, and either their complacency, their impatience, or their inconsistency keeps them sick. It's bad when people stop living before their lives are over. Many today are, are falling into that trap. They're failing to do what they could do because they can't do what they want to do or what they used to do. But can I tell you, that's not the right attitude. Your life is not over until God calls you home. Thus, with the life that God has given you, you are to live it to the fullest. Your health may not be what it once was, but thank God for the health that you have. You might not be able to do as much as you once did, but do what you can. After all, God didn't have to give you what you've got, and what you have is far more than what a whole lot of others have. And for the Christian, getting well means drawing nearer to Jesus. If we would truly get well, we have to get closer to the master. We must seek to learn more of his word. We must try to live a more spirit-directed life. We must try to win more souls to Christ. We must try to be better church members. We must try to be better in our homes and with our families. We must try to let our light so shine before men that they will see our good work and give glory to our Father in heaven. Do you want to get well? As we consider this text, the story lends itself to four noteworthy stages. Stage one, Jesus chose this man in his condition. This man's 
condition appeared to be hopeless. He'd been sick for 38 years, nearly four decades. He was unable to move by himself. He was unable to get others to help him into the pool when the waters were stirred. For 38 years, he'd been in the same condition with no relief in sight. More than that, this man's condition was so Burdensome that when he found himself in the presence of someone who could help him, he doesn't seem to know how to appreciate it. This man was surrounded by people with similar conditions. Some were blind, some were lame, some were paralyzed. But for some unexplained reason, Jesus comes to this man. Jesus chooses this man. Jesus shines the light of his grace and mercy on this man. John says, when Jesus learned of this man's plight, he came to him. And in so doing, Jesus uses this man to teach something about the amazing quality of his mercy. My brothers and sisters, this is a parable of the human condition. In choosing this man, Jesus reminds us that the salvation you and I enjoy is what he provides by his choice. I didn't choose Jesus. Jesus chose me. And he didn't choose me because I was perfect. In my sin sickness, Jesus chose me in my wretchedness. Jesus chose me in my shame. Jesus chose me in my weakness. Jesus chose me in my hopelessness. Jesus chose me. There were others he could have chosen. Perhaps there are others he should have chosen. There are others who are more talented than I am. There are others who have more intellect than I have. There are others who have more ability than I have. But Jesus chose me. I haven't always shown proper gratitude because he chose me. Sometimes I've been more trouble to Jesus than I was worth. But in spite of all that, the one thing I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that he saw me in my pitiful condition. He came to me to change my condition, not because of me, but in spite of me, not because I deserved it, but in spite of the fact that I don't deserve it for his own reason, Jesus chose me. And what he has done for me, he's done for others as well. And we need to recognize the grace of God. We need to recognize the mercy of Christ when it manifests itself in our lives. The, the first thing that I want you to see is that Jesus chose this man in his condition. Stage two, Jesus confronted this man with a critical question. When Jesus saw him, lying there and knew that he'd been there for such a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Think about that. Here's, here's a man who's been paralyzed for nearly four decades, and Jesus is asking, do you want to get well? I want 
submit to you that despite all appearances to the contrary, it's not a ridiculous question. In this question, Jesus is putting his finger right on the pulse of where this man was, and he's asking the very question this man needed to hear. Hear me today. It's possible that after 38 years, this man had grown so used to his condition so used to others doing things for him that perhaps he had lost the hope of ever getting better. And so Jesus confronts him with the critical question, do you want to get well? My brothers and sisters, Jesus is driving at something that's at the very heart of this man's problem, and it's at the heart of many of us as well. This man's problem was more than physical paralysis. It was rooted in his will. He was at the place where healing was possible. He was in the presence of one who could heal him. But it's possible to be in the right place and to choose to not get well. It happens all the time. People are in God's presence. They're in the company of God's people. They're where God's word is being preached, and yet they won't receive the healing that their soul desperately craves. And the question that Jesus asks is the very question that confronts us. Do you want to get well? Do you really want to be made whole? Do you really want the blessing? For years, a former seminary professor of mine, Dr. Fisher Humphreys, would would start his classes by writing on a blackboard the numbers four and two. And then he would ask his class, what's the solution? One student would shout out six. Another student would shout out two. And another student would shout out eight. And then Dr. Humphreys would shake his head and, and he would say, unless you know what the problem is. You can't possibly find the answer. Do you know what the problem is? Surely you know you have problems. On on top of this pandemic, we had problems before this ever took place. We had social problems. We have economic problems. We have marriage problems. We have problems with our children. We have problems with law enforcement. We have problems with the legislature. We have problems with health care. We have problems with public education. We have problems with crime and violence. We have problems with the elderly. We have problems with people of other races. We have problems with folks in our own race. We've got all kinds of problems. But maybe we can't find the answer because we haven't properly addressed what the problem is. The problem is one of desire. Do you want to get well? Do you want the blessing? Do you want to be filled with God's spirit? Because once you yield to him, you'll never be the same again. Church life won't be the same. Your hearts won't be the same. Your homes won't be the same. Your marriages won't be the same. Your children won't be the same. Your priorities will not be the same once you yield to Jesus. The hymn writer said, I came to Jesus as I was weary, worn, and sad. But I found in him a resting place. I found the solution to my problem. 
and he has made me glad. Stage three, Jesus challenged this man to let go of his excuses and his justifications. Whenever I read this passage, I am fascinated that Jesus asked one question and the man answered another. Jesus asks, do you want to get well? And the man responded by saying, I don't have anybody to help me get into the pool. Do you want to get well? When the water is troubled, there's nobody there to help me get in. If I was my father, I'd say, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Many of us have the same problem. We hear the question, but we give a different answer. It, it, it's obvious that this man was more concerned about justifying his condition than he was about getting well. But Jesus doesn't want your justification. Jesus doesn't want your excuse. Jesus doesn't want your rationalization. What Jesus wants to know is, do you want to get well? My brothers and sisters, Jesus doesn't need to hear about how bad your home life was. He doesn't need to hear about your drug-addicted father, your alcoholic mother. Jesus doesn't need to hear about your learning disability or your crime-ridden neighborhood. Jesus doesn't need to hear us talk about the philandering spouse that you have or the ungrateful children that you raise. Jesus knows what you need before you ask for anything. What he wants to know is, do you want to get well. Well, finally, after Jesus chose this man, after he confronted him with the critical question, after he challenged him to let go of his excuses and justifications, we reach stage four. And in stage four, he simply says to the man, stand up and walk. If anyone else had said it, it, it would have sounded cruel. But, but it was Jesus who was talking the word, who was with God and was God and became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we beheld his glory. This was Jesus talking, the one who made the heavens and the earth. And without him was not anything made that was made. This was Jesus talking, the one who said, let there be and there was. And he says to the man, stand up and walk. And the Bible says immediately strength came into the man's legs. And, and after a moment, he began to walk. And after a moment more, he began to run. And after a moment more, he began to leap and to shout. My brothers and sisters, just as Jesus healed this man, he desires to heal us. But we have to want to get well. You have to want to move forward. You have to want to be changed. And, and I stopped by to tell you that getting well is just on the other side of surrender. The key to getting well is surrendering. The key to getting well is to put 
your life in God's hands. Just on the other side of surrender, there's healing. Just on the other side of surrender, there's blessing. Just on the other side of surrender, there's wholeness. Just on the other side of surrender, there's peace. Just on the other side of surrender, there's joy unspeakable. You can get well. You can be well. You can stay well. But first you have to be willing to answer the question in the affirmative. I want to get well. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for a word that challenges us to let go of our excuses, to let go of our reasons and rationales for why we are in the state that we're in. We thank you for a word that lets us know that in spite of our imperfections, you chose us and you're challenging us by asking us, do we really want to get well? We answer, dear God, in the affirmative. We want to get well. We want to be better. We want to be more what you would have us to be. And so we ask now, dear God, that you would indwell us, that you would infill us, that you would strengthen us, that you would prop us up on every weak and leaning side, that we might be all that you have called us to be. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard. And now, dear God, as we open the doors of your church, there might be someone who's viewing, who does not know you in the pardon of their sin. We pray that something that has been said or done in this worship experience would have touched their hearts and caused them to come running and crying to you. Lord, make me well. We ask it humbly in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake we pray. Amen.